Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, one of the Bat Boys, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Ready to go? We're representing both both Batmen. Yes. Uh, I didn't even plan this. I remember I have this shirt. I just like this this logo. I like that logo too. Yeah. Um, I'm not supporting the Ben Affleck era of Batman. I just want everyone to be I want to be very clear on that. But on the record. Listen, on the audio listeners, Eric's wearing a Michael Keaton Batman nineteen eighty nine era Batman t shirt. I am wearing a Batman v Superman era Batman t shirt. So yeah. classic Batman Ooh. and thick boy fat Batman Batman. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Uh, yes. Today we are reviewing the Flash. Um, we're gonna start spoiler free, um, and then we're gonna go full spoilers because I feel like uh, there's a lot to talk about in this movie, um, and I feel like we're having to dodge spoilers and things like that is uh, is almost impossible. But we're gonna give you uh, brief thoughts of what Eric and I. Um, thought of uh, the Flash, and then we're going to go right into spoilers. But Eric, how are you doing? Matt, we're talking about the Flash. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm ready for the DCEU to uh, to bid adieu to the DCEU. Because, um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'll, I'll just kick it off. Let's get right into this. Um, I Not that I had high expectations or high hopes for this film, Eric. I have been kind of out of the DCEU for a while. You know, there's something that keeps bringing me back in. There's little things here and there. You know, when James Gunn did The Suicide Squad, I was like, okay, that's a fun movie. I like this. Um, There's things here and there. I like bits and pieces of certain movies. The Snyder movies, you know, we've reviewed most of them. We did Zack Snyder's Justice League. We've done Batman v Superman. We've done everything in between Man of Steel. Um, it's been a, not even all over the place, just consistently not my thing, to put it nicely. Um, we're huge Batman fans. You have a Batman tattoo. Uh, we, I think we, you love the 1989 Batman, so that'll be an interesting thing to get your perspective on. I don't hold the 1989 movie. I, uh, I like it, but it's not necessarily, you know, something I grew up loving like i liked it and i've seen both batman and batman returns multiple times but it wasn't necessarily that uh, my batman era weirdly enough we'll get into is the uh you know the the val kilmer george clooney batman not saying that i love those movies but those are the ones i remember as a kid and then the nolan era obviously and we're focusing on batman but weirdly like i have no attachment to the flash like in the comics i never liked the flash don't really care about the flash at all so i think we're going to be pretty batman focused for some of this but uh long story short i was kind of like okay keaton's coming back in this movie um the trailer i think was well done um i i shouldn't have you know i've been burned so many times i probably shouldn't have been like Maybe they'll, you know, they're reset. I like the flat. Here's the thing. Never cared about the flash. I like flashpoint in the comics, which is, this is loose, very loosely based off of, which is a DC comics thing where they reset the entire DC comics universe through this story where the flash uh, travels through time and meets a Thomas Wayne version of, of Batman and, and changes the universe. And it set off to the new 52, which was a comics era that I kind of enjoyed, um, 
in the last, I got it. It feels like yesterday, but it was probably a decade over a decade ago or longer, 15 years ago. Um, so that I kind of was hoping that this might be fun or this might be <laughs> good. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm here for a reset point, a movie that, you know, whatever you feel about the DCEU, we're moving forward with James Gunn in control. He's taking some people who have appeared in the DCEU and some people who haven't. So maybe this movie will set it straight. Maybe we'll, we'll have a good vision of the future. We'll have a nice end point for the Snyderverse and the DCEU. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I said it when we first saw the first Shazam movie, and you've been uh, repeating it to me, where I said, oh my God, DC is back on its bullshit. And uh, again, that's just kind of how I feel about this movie. And I should also say Christina Hod- Hodson, who who wrote Birds of Prey. Um, and Bumblebee. I, and Bumblebee, both movies I like quite a bit. And, and, you know, Birds of Prey and is one of my, I think, maybe my favorite DCEU movie, even over The Suicide Squad. Um, so again, adding to those kind of expectations of going, maybe this will work. Um I just had a miserable time watching this movie. <laughs> just an absolute miserable time. Uh, everything from the VFX to the humor to how certain legacy characters are handled to just the general overall, you know, plot. Um, the use of the, uh, Michael Shannon as as, as Zod as the villain. Um, I just felt like nothing in this movie really worked for me. And it was just a slog to get through. Um, you know, you laugh here and there. They throw a lot of different jokes because, you know, Ezra Miller's Flash is uh, kind of more like Spider-Man in this universe. Very quippy, very sarcastic, um, um, cracking jokes all the time. Um, I laughed here and there. The emotional crux of the movie, um, while sort of works, um, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I you know, I, I understand the emotion, but I never felt any emotion watching it. Um, it's too bogged down with the multiverse stuff and throwing all this crap at you that I think that undercuts the emotional core of the movie. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it was unintentionally funny to me, whether it was laughing at the special effects or how the flash, even though it tries to think it's clever and making fun of how he runs and stuff like that. But like, it just looks stupid, no matter if you're also pointing out that it looks stupid or um, if we're just laughing at how stupid it looks. But like, I, I just had a miserable, miserable time watching this movie. And I, I want to get to spoilers so I can go into more detail of why I had a miserable time. But I will leave it at that where I did not enjoy this movie at all. I'm so over the DCEU. I, that's why I didn't see Shazam 2. I have and I'm, I, I will say it here. I am not watching Blue Beetle or Aquaman 2. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We're not reviewing them. I'm not seeing them. I'm done. Until James, <laughs> like until James Gunn says, "Hey, okay." And I don't even trust him at this point. 
for anyone who went and said like this is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made and James Gunn going I I liked it even before I became president of DC. It's like okay, well you only started talking about it when you became president of DC. And I I'm like I don't I don't trust any of you. Any of you who saw it at CinemaCon or at fucking whatever Tom Cruise, anyone. David Zaslav. I never trusted that guy, but like I, I don't trust anyone anymore. We talked about Secret Invasion. Where, who <laughs> who you can trust? you trust? I trust the scroll who's impersonating someone more than I trust anyone who talked that this movie is is great. And we talked. So I'll let you talk in a second. And no, we'll go talk off a lot King. more. Go off. Um, we talked about Spider Verse and how it handles the multiverse so well and has this emotional core and it's everything that this movie wants to be. And we we set up how some of these multiverse movies have learned all the wrong things from Spider Verse. And this movie is that to a T. Is like what did people like about Spider Verse? Uh, okay, let's just take all the most basic, simple multiverse shit and and cameos and and meta nods that make no sense and and all this shit that like is just you know cheap pops and different things like that for the like the it's just lazy and and not engaging and i i just i and i didn't i I really didn't like it anyways go ahead so you're not going to see blue beetle because it was announced that blue beetle is going to be a part of the dcu moving forward (sighs) I don't know, man. Like I say this now, like <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure Aqua, I will talk about it. Like I'm saying this now, call me a hypocrite when I see those movies. I don't know, but like I, I didn't see Shazam two and I still haven't seen Shazam two. You're not missing anything um, at all. And I think you're a better person for it, Matt. And that's why with, with, and I, I like, uh, the kid from Cobra Kai. Um, but I just, I, I, after, being burned so many times i'm and and i'm so tired (laughs) i just i i don't have the energy to want to see these movies anymore and i'm like i I don't know whatever james gunn's gonna do he announced his first slate but like there there are rumors that muschetti is gonna do uh batman brave and the bold right like it's just so i I don't know if I'm getting more of this. Like if I'm saying anything positive, like I didn't hate my, you'll get into Michael Keaton, but like, I liked seeing Michael Keaton again. Um, I think Sasha Callie, um, is fine. She's just underused. Like I actually think she has some good moments and is showing some passion. And I felt more passion from her than anyone else who felt like they were just either cashing a paycheck or, or, you know, I don't know, felt like it was a obligation where I did feel some emotion from her and her sequences for, with Zod and stuff like that. But it's so quick. And, and that's what I mean. There's so much in this movie that I just feel like it's all of it is so underdeveloped and it's just thrown at you with no nothing feeling earned. And that's just uh, its biggest problem. So anyways, I don't know. I, I right now I have no interest in seeing Blue Beetle or 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 whatever because like i don't even think that that's the start of james gunn's dcu it's like no until he's a producer on one of these movies and he is like involved in it like you're just getting the 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 excrement of the of the (laughs) of the the dcu like the last little bit of like well we gotta push this out and so we can clear everything before we reset it's just like i don't know i don't know 
I love this side of you. You have become a true YouTuber in this moment, and it is incredible to watch. Turn off comments on this episode. I uh, definitely. Um, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I, I, I think the Flash is a microcosm of everything that's wrong with the DCEU in a nutshell, where it wants to have the emotional payoff and the catharsis that Marvel Studios has kind of built up over, you know, the decades now, but it's in such a rush to get there that it undercuts everything that it's building towards and it takes every shortcut possible to get there. And with this movie, the emotional core of this story is so hollow. And I think it's easier to say like the couple things that I did like about the movie, which is I think the opening credit is kind of playful and sets you up to think that, Oh, maybe this is going to, you know, um, exceed my expectations of what this could possibly be. And they're going to have fun. Sadly, they get to the baby shower scene and then that's completely dashed. The second thing that I do like, and I think the closest thing to a, a, a good performance in this movie and an aspect that feels like the material is meaningful is uh, Maribel Verdu, who plays uh, Barry Allen's mom. I think she is a wonderful, wonderful actor. And if you haven't seen Itumama Tambien or Pan's Labyrinth, go check out those movies. She's fantastic in those films. And she does come the closest to giving a real performance, something that kind of makes you feel anything whatsoever. But I think the biggest frustration, and we'll get into this more with the spoilers, is that it's not only expecting you to know about the DCEU, it's it's expecting you to know about the entire mythology and history of, you know, not only DC comics, but the behind the scenes of other DC movies that have been made and haven't been made. And so, you know, you're going into this and it's just fan service 101 and it's the worst kind of fan service because it's working you know, towards people that are complete diehards without inviting, you know, anybody else in. And I, I, I said this as well with my thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie, but at least that film is a little bit warmer in its sort of conceit where this is saying, okay, well, you're either on board with this or get out of the way. And that's not the way to approach something like this. And I'm not against the 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 time travel conceit or rewriting certain aspects of it. I think that is actually interesting. It's just how it's visually interpreted and ultimately played out in that third act, which is abysmal, uh, visually speaking. I mean, the whole film, uh, the, the VFX are on par with Space Jam, A New Legacy, in, in terms of just how... Um, awful everything is it's it's either it looks like it hasn't been completed or it basically feels like there's just something wrong with the 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 projection and you know you can say like oh maybe it's the theater or what have you but there's just some effects that just do not work and it is also very strange to watch a movie like this and to think okay you're entering another verse another world why not make that world close to what it was or what it is? Because, you know, Batman 89 and Batman Returns are Tim Burton movies, and especially Batman Returns, which really turns up that, you know, practical in-camera effects style with stop-motion animation and kind of that weird Burton vibe. Why not embrace... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Embrace that. Do that. Like Spider-Verse does, right? Like, not just keep 
comparing it, but hey, guys, but it's going to be hard not to. Movie. It's not. Yeah. It, 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 I think that the comparisons are fair, and and there is almost a one to one at times where there is that overlap. But when you get into the Keaton verse in this movie, and I'm not spoiling anything because it's in the trailers and things like that. It just looks like the Zack Snyder DCEU in but Tim with, Burton's world. Yeah. And that is, I think, one of the most offensive aspects where it's like you're not taking advantage of actually playing with the aesthetic and the style in a way that kind of makes you feel like you're out of this person's world and in another. You just kind of feel like you're in a muddled, ugly looking, saturated, completely corporate yeah, well, synergy even- based universe and i don't even take it as they're in the burton verse i take it as they're in the snyder verse but it's a separate universe separate than the 1989 batman but we've had the 1989 version of batman in a snyder verse this whole time kind of thing right like so i don't so i don't we'll get more into that in spoilers but that's how i view it i still think it's egregious and not (laughs) not good but like it's uh I, i the way oh my god we'll get into the spaghetti of it all but like i just uh I yeah. Do you want to get into spoilers or what? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna give the movie a two out of five. That's being sort of generous. I could even go down to like a one point five. Um, but I do not think, unless you're like the hardest of hardcore DC fanboy, whether it's the Zack Snyder movies, which you're probably already angry at us for, or the comic books, like really hardcore, have been a DC fan your whole life, like the fan service stuff might get you just for cheap pops. Like I mentioned, and like there are some action sequences that, you know, I, I don't mind the Batman action sequences in this. I think all the flash stuff was done better in the MCU with, or not even MCU, but in the X-Men movies with Quicksilver. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't think you need to see this. Um, but if you're listening to this, you're probably going to. So you're probably going to stick around for spoilers or you've already seen the movie. So. I'm also going to give this a two uh, with the caveat of saying that even though this is bad, it's still slightly better than the majority of the Zack Snyder movies. I think Man of Steel, uh, his Justice League are are absolutely terrible and almost unwatchable and 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 dawn of justice zach snyder's justice league not yes but well both of them are bad but but i think i think they're bad for different reasons the justice league movies because i I feel ones almost just don't release it at all it should have never been released yeah and then the zach snyder one is just self-indulgent and also has a problematic nature like the lead in this movie and in terms of the history and, and and the the kind of online community embracing it. But but in terms of movies within the DCEU, I think Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice are worse because there's they're overlong. This is overlong as well, but there's something about those movies that are truly exhausting and uncompromising in a way that I feel is just disgusting to to get through. And that's where I feel defeated by those movies where with this like it does have the uh the 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 coding you know around it that is kind of okay to digest which is the nostalgia of it for me which is seeing keaton Keaton. yeah but then we'll get into some problems while i have because before we do that but yeah two out of two out of five michael keaton has always been my batman yeah. I've always had a very strong connection to him as a child. He was a childhood hero. It, like he meant a lot to me, especially like 
like when my dad left, it was just it was just something where I really gravitated towards that character and that performance, and I've always loved him as an actor. And so seeing him come back is like some sort of weird fucked up monkey paw wish where it's like, yeah, I'm really excited about seeing Michael Keaton again. But then you take all the things that don't make sense in terms of applying like catchphrases and exposition and even the way he behaves. And and again, going back to those, the, the, the VFX, the way that he moves, Michael Keaton is a 71 year old man. I like those Batman sequences, but I agree. You know, and that's that's the problem that I have with like the 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 Burton verse or the Keaton verse of it all is that it doesn't feel like it's authentic to what you're trying to represent as a character I, and, and I as just a don't world. think it's the same Batman. Like, I know, I but but yeah. but there is still something very strange about all you're of that. To, the implication is that it is the same Batman. I get that. Yes, but like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and to the point where it's just like, okay, like there's there's stuff in there where it's just like it just doesn't feel like you're you're really watching your Batman. You're you're watching a a a, a again a I Frankenstein like, version of it. Yeah, like, like a, a a corporate sort of mandated version of what this is to the point where Keaton's performance kind of completely feels phoned in because he realizes well they're not really giving him anything to do with the material. So I'm just going to spout out the lines that people remember from that first yeah. movie that aren't really catchphrases. Like let's get nuts isn't yeah. a catchphrase. I know it's just, it, but that's this whole movie in a nutshell, Eric, that, that cheap fan servicey stuff that isn't well thought out. It's not clever. It's not, you know, earned. It's just literally spewing something at you going. It's the South park episode of the member berries of like, remember this. And like, it's the worst pieces of our nostalgic culture of that we always want to like and i'm guilty of this in in many ways in other franchises and other movies so call me a hypocrite whatever you want but there are ways to do it that feel earned or feel like you're paying homage or paying your respects to the history of a franchise or x what whatever you want to say huh, like, i wish there um, was a movie like that that's now playing <laughs> but there isn't i guess i guess across the spider verse is not in theaters still right matt and that's what I mean. That's why like this movie coming out like two weeks after it is is baffling. This whole movie is baffling to me because, again, it just le- it learns all the wrong things from every superhero movie before it. And it is that like, remember this or even remember this Internet thing that most of you don't know. But here's anyway. Or look how this cool way. this is. Remember the 1989 Batmobile? Uh, <laughs> OK. Here it is. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to spoilers because we I can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> I, just can't. <laughs> I can't. So um, I'm sorry, everyone. We didn't like it. And we're going to talk more about it for probably another 40 minutes or or, or more. Um, of why we didn't like it. So let's get into the spoilers. Spoilers starting in three, two, one. And we're off to the races. <sighs> All right. Okay. I don't know where the fuck to start, like what the first spoilery thing is, but like, I guess since we can talk about the VFX, if you want to go in order, do you just want to go straight to that last act? What do let's you just do, talk right? about what we want to talk about and we'll get to whatever weird, because yeah. time is, is nonlinear. You yeah, know? It's like right. Pasta. It's a bowl of spaghetti. So like, <laughs> oh my the God. The Garmin Bosia of the DCEU is tomato sauce, which is yeah. ridiculous and very funny. <laughs> But yeah, it, in it a is. way that you're laughing at it. 
No, I, I completely, completely agree. Um, I, I don't know where the fuck to start. I guess like the first baffling thing when we, we touched on it in spoiler free is the VFX in the movie, yeah. which like I said, like the last, they've been screening this movie for a month or so or, or more. And they've been saying like, Oh, this is an unfinished version. And the only thing that wasn't in there was the credits and the post credit scene. Um, and I'm like, all right, the VFX, because I, I talked to some people who saw it like a week or two ago or two weeks ago and, and before and being like, ooh, the special effects were rough, but they said it was unfinished. So, uh, <laughs> and you see the movie and you're like, oh no, they never finished them. They never finished them. <laughs> and I'm like, like that first sequence with the baby shower, Oof. which is what you brought up. And I, I, I agree with you that I thought it was bad. That's the first moment where I turned to Nevis and we laughed at, and looked at it. And we're like, this is fucking awful. <laughs> like my wife who has no connection to the DCEU has barely seen any of them. Um, and she's, so she's completely lost throughout this whole thing. So it's funny, like her leaning over and going, the fuck is Nick Cage doing here? <laughs> like, like, and I'm like, and I had to be like, I I'll explain after. Cause like, it's such so anyways, the baby shower thing looked awful. I agree with that. And then that's what I mean by any Quicksilver sequence, which we saw feels like a decade ago now, right? Yeah, because it was more. in the early 2010s yeah. when they started them. And they melted those sequences for all they were worth. And they're great. Yeah. Like the use of music and the use of how the time slows down and how Quicksilver's doing them. And you see this, and every time the fucking Flash is running like this, and fucking, it looks so bad. And yeah, okay, you can make That's a why joke. Tom Cruise liked it. You can make a joke <laughs> about that later, but come, okay, you can't make it look stupid and then call out that it looks stupid. Just don't make it look stupid. And like, so then you get this baby scene where I'm like, this isn't this isn't interesting like him saving all these babies and it doesn't look good. Um, but then the most egregious thing to go on the special effects is when, you know, the Oscar winning sequence happens again, when Barry Allen, the flash enters the speed force. Well, it's not Oscar and winning. It's know, the fans. Vote. I know, I know, I know. But like when, when he enters the speed force again and you're seeing these bubble, he turns into a bubble man, bubble boy and he runs fucking stupid ass run into the speed force. And then he has to choose where in time he's going. So he sees all these moments from his history uh, represented as these horrific Madame Tussauds wax people. Like it's just, it, they look horrifying and awful. And I'm like, I don't like Spider-Man. We just saw that again. Sorry, everyone. We're going to keep comparing it to that movie, but it came out two fucking weeks ago. And it's also a superhero multiverse movie that pays, you know, uh, you know, to its history and, and superhero movies in general, um, where they take the webs and they show you moments from comics and, and TV shows and cartoons and live action films. And it all feels like it works together and it doesn't look horrifying. All woven into one and, complete web. And, and then you, the approach here is like, no, let's make everyone horrifying wax figures or CG monsters where everyone's like, and they're just like this horrifying, <laughs> like horrifying PlayStation two looking fucking uh, CG characters where I'm like, is this an intentional choice? Like, is this what the speed force just, that's your visual identity to the speed force. Cause I feel like there's a way you could have used archival footage to somehow, even if it looked more flat instead of, you know, having to pan around this horrifying PlayStation figure, um, of of these characters where like i just i i never 
I never understood why it looked so bad. And you're with me, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, especially when you have in the third act. Yeah, I mean, we jumped to the that multiple too, but... DC worlds colliding with the current one that Barry's in. It just that's where it reminded me the most of Space Jam: A New Legacy, where when you know uh, Bugs Bunny is recruiting the Looney Tunes, and they're going from you know, uh, the Game of Thrones planet to the, the Superman Matrix planet. And... But this is all like the DC kind of version of it. And it's just basically selling you on, look at all this product that Warner Brothers has accumulated over the decades and, you know, the franchises. And then it In gets- Space Jam, yeah. Yeah, and, and well, with this as well, this like just yeah, feels I mean, like- I, again, all DC, but still, yeah. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's just like, oh, look at all this stuff that we have that we've that licensed we've over yeah. the years and we're using it to the point of, you know, ethically, you know, questioning uh, who we're showing in terms of that representation with someone like Christopher Reeves, who has long since passed away. Adam and, West, who recently passed away. Yeah, and like... taking their likeness and yeah, you can argue, well, their family probably signed off on it and they get like a thing you in the credits and things like that but there is still something about that and we talked about it with ghostbusters afterlife a little bit as well with harold ramis that it just kind of feels um icky and 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 yeah. kind of like this weird kind of like grave robbing kind of thing yeah. and and you know there's been a lot of talk about this i think as of late with ai in general so seeing this in the movie and 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 again that likeness still is very similar to that Madame Tussauds waxy kind of quality that we see with, you know, Nick Cage as, as Superman battling a spider, which, you know, the backstory to that is when Nick Cage was going to be Superman in, in the proposed Tim Burton adaptation that Kevin Smith has always talked about where, you know, uh, producer John Peters, who's probably best known nowadays uh, as the surrogate that, uh, Bradley Cooper plays in Licorice Pizza, uh, wanting you know a mechanical spider, spider right? yeah. to fight Superman, and then ultimately that ends up at the in the end of uh, Wild Wild West with Will Smith and Kevin Klein. But a reference that literally this many people are going to understand. Exactly, it never became a thing. Superman Lives never became a movie. So yeah, you're only pandering to the ultimate kind of like diehard fans of the. DC comics and movies and memorabilia in general, you're not even, you know, uh, pandering to the people that maybe are more casual viewers, but still have seen everything else. So you really have to kind of know your history with that context. And then I think you maybe explained it a little bit here, but it is also a strange choice because wouldn't that Superman be in the 89 universe? Because that is a Tim Burton based character as well and so like i was thinking about that the whole time when so i saw maybe that is the 89 universe right where this keaton yeah. is essentially in another parallel intersect of spaghetti where you know everything is Zack snyder verse but it's just michael keaton instead of well it would make like more sense as well because this might this this bruce wayne slash batman wears an ascot yeah, and that's it, maybe your biggest telling sign, Eric. Yeah, right? like, exactly. Just... That and he, and he listens to Chicago. That, that was the one thing I was actually very surprised that they didn't do fan service for was so he listens to Chicago, which is one of the worst uh, bands ever. Sorry uh, <laughs> at me if you want to. I just think they're terrible. It's like easy rock for, for you know, people over 70. Uh, but 
I almost thought it's like, well, if you're going to, if you're doing full fan service for the majority of this movie, have him listen to Prince because Prince was a part of the Batman soundtrack. So it's like, well, you know, and so you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself and, and then just on an aesthetic thing again, let Michael Keaton be bald. Don't put a wig on him. Like it, right. it just, it just doesn't look right. It, it It's off putting, but yeah, his character is basically reduced to, you know, saying lines from the 89 movie and then also kind of being not comic relief, but almost like the, the butt of the joke in a lot of ways where it's like, what's a Superman? It's like a little on the nose, don't you think? And, you know, when he's talking about the Justice League and whether or not he's going to help and, you know, the the, the connections that they're making between Barry Allen or Barry Allen's and uh, Bruce Wayne kind of being cut from not a dissimilar cloth when it comes to losing somebody very close to them and how it kind of changed them. You know, you get that at the beginning as well, where uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne says like, you know, you shouldn't be meddling with this stuff because it, it, the butterfly effect and, you know, the scars that the we have are what define us. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that that didn't make an appearance in the movie because it is owned by New Line and it is a Warner Brothers thing. Um so you're watching all of this and you're thinking Ashton to yourself, Kutcher pops out, Barry, you fucked everything <laughs> up. You're, you're watching all of this and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, we're getting all this, you know, Michael Keaton, uh, iconography that's being, you know, shoveled down your throat and telling you how to love it. And you're just, at first you feel it just because it's been a while. It's been 30 years. Oh, since when he's he been puts Batman. the suit on, like it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. then after that, it, even in that moment, it's kind of awkward. It's like, they've already met Bruce Wayne in this before then, but they never and, met Batman. I, sure. I mean, I, I, the duality thing, I guess you can argue, but like it's, it is kind of silly. Um, I agree. And, and so you're thinking to yourself, okay, like that's, that's great. And like one of the worst, parts of fan service is like okay well we need to have things that you've seen before again iconography the member member this thing so yeah, let's yeah. bring the chuckle bag that the joker had when he fell to his death that commissioner gordon pulled out of the joker's pocket when he was on the ground and you're hearing that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like why come on movie. yeah why? Come on. And, it's the and, cheapest, the cheapest stuff. And that's what this whole movie is though. It is. It is. It's it's cheap gratification and you're also thinking to yourself, okay, well, I have this much movie left and we still haven't been introduced to Supergirl, which has been a big selling point of, you know, the, the marketing. And by the time you get to her, they undercut her story so yeah. much and it's so underdeveloped and, and she's also underutilized. So when you're watching, you know, Supergirl go through, she's been captured. She was intercepted by the Russians when she first arrived here. And she's been basically locked up in this cell. Kind of a nod to probably Superman red sun. Yeah. Underneath the, the Arctic for, for years and years and years. And now she's finally been released. And like her arc is just kind of skimmed through so quickly where it's like, Oh well, I don't trust humans anymore because look what they did to me. And then oh, I'll just but go now away I see for a couple Zod minutes. killing humans. And yeah, now, I'm, so now, now I'll I come un- back. Now I understand that Zod bad guy, I good person. <laughs> like it's just like uh, it's so, so simple, and that goes back to the I'll uh, just you yeah. keep continue. Well, I was just gonna Mike, say or Michael uh, Shannon too. Yeah, I, I think the worst part of this whole movie 
is that it thinks it's doing something different when in reality, all it is, is an origin story still. We're just going back to see how Barry became the Flash, but the difference is that they're using a kind of back to the future to framing device of the Speed Force to show you a Barry that's already been through it, kind of mentoring and helping a new Barry that hasn't gone through it yet. And once he inherits his powers the older Barry, the, 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 the experienced Barry loses them. So it is just basically an origin story for the umpteenth yeah. time in one of these films. Yeah, I agree with you. And then talking about the references, especially the Nicholas cage, you know, um, one, the movie relies so heavily on you understanding other DC properties and movies, which is, it is a bad thing for a movie to do like Michael Shannon being the villain in this movie, even though he's barely a villain in the movie relies so heavily on your, your understanding of that character from man of steel and his motivations in man of steel and what he's trying to do in man of steel, that he's nothing in this movie. And he is the main bad guy in the movie. And I feel like he's barely a threat in the whole thing. And then you also is he the have, main bad guy. Though? Well, yeah, you have not rever- It's not reverse flash. It's fucking future flash and like evil. It's anyways, I guess not, but the teases of that, that evil Barry throughout are kind of, cool but like um again you don't it's so rushed at that final act which is such an ugly ass thing like you already mentioned with the worlds colliding and the uh, uh, you know that barry revealing himself where zod is the main villain for 80 percent 90 percent of this movie and it, again unless you've seen man of steel he's the most generic and even in Man of Steel, it's not like he. Would, I love Michael Shannon, and you know, but at least he he's given something in Man of Steel, right? Like we're here, and Michael Shannon's come out and said this, and I, I completely agree with him that it's just like you have to have seen that movie, and then maybe you get a little bit more from the villain because you understand Man of Steel and you can connect the dots there. But if you haven't, which many people probably haven't, um, if there's, I mean, maybe not many, but you, I underestimate when people see these movies that you know you don't have not everyone's seen that Superman movie and Superman's not in this movie. They don't think it has to have anything to do with that movie. But then Michael Shannon just becomes this generic, like, yeah, I need to find Superman or Supergirl and just, you know, repeating stuff from man of steel where it just is like not interesting at all. Like that's going to be your, and then you're going to have a reveal of Barry going, he can't save Batman and, and Supergirl. So he becomes this fucked up, fucking uh future flash or whatever and then you know breaks the space-time continuum and you get i didn't you you discussed a lot of the things but i agree with you where the grave robbing madame tussauds playstation 2 characters universes smashing together i just like it's when i actually actively got angry at the movie like to that point i'm like i don't like this but whatever like it, you know i'm i again i michael keaton it's fun to see him again I, I i didn't think it was as egregious right but i don't have that connection to that batman where i'm like it's fine whatever um everything up to that point i thought the action sequences were whatever i thought the humor was whatever but like i'm not actively going like i hate this but when that sequence happens and you start to see the cg characters come in and you know, eric you and i love nick cage seeing nick cage in anything makes me happy um, except <laughs> except like this where i'm like I, like again my wife was there with me and she had to lean over and go 
am I missing something? And I go, yes. And she's like, what, why, why Nick Cage? And I'm like, I, it's going to take me too long. I'll wait, wait till they have after the movie and I'll explain it to you. I was like, Oh, it was like leaked photos when he did a screen test of him in the costume. And there was this whole thing where the mechanical spider that we eventually saw in wild, wild West was originally intended for uh, this Superman movie directed by Tim Burton, but it never happened. And you just, you have to see these leaked photos and everyone was like wondering what that movie would have been like. So then that's why they, and she's like, I'm okay. And and I'm like, believe me, I am too, where I just like, that's such a, a reference that yes, the most hardcore of hardcore DC fans will get and pop for probably it'll make Kevin Smith cry. Uh, but it's, but, but it's just so absurd of just being like really out of anything. That's what you're going to reference. And then the cheap pops of like you, the sixties Batman and the, and the Christopher Reeves Superman are, are things that you guys liked. Um, Christian Bale told us to go fuck ourselves. So we're not going to show the Nolan verse or Christopher Nolan was like, absolutely not. I'm <laughs> like, uh, like, I just, it, it felt again, cheap. And it just like, you're not going to do anything with those worlds. You just have this Frankenstein freakish version of these guys that have no, um, uh, you know, agency in saying they could be in this movie or not. And I'm, and again, you, when we were talking off air, you brought up Ghostbusters, which is a movie that I liked um, Afterlife. But I think I was still critical of the Harold Ramis stuff where I'm like, I feel like it's fine to pay tribute to people who have played the character in the past and things like that. And I'm, I'm fine with using archival footage, photos, anything that they've already kind of done where, you know, you still want to show a photo of Christopher Reeve or, or Adam West or use footage from those shows in some certain way. Like, you know what spider verse just did too. Right. Like, um, when you see uncle Ben and, and stuff like that, like there are actors who have, have, have passed but there's a respectable way to showcase them and and honor them where i don't think this is honoring them it feels gross and it just feels like cheap and and it doesn't serve a purpose other than going remember (laughs) he was superman and you're like yeah but we're never gonna see that from that perspective because you're never gonna make another movie with christopher reeve or another tv series with adam west or or whatever and like we never saw from their perspective anything like that that it's just like it felt kind of ridiculous and just there for the sake of going it's a multiverse movie look at these other dc universes and then um you know and i love time travel movies i like the idea of the butterfly effect, you change the most minuscule thing, but it could change everything. Like not the movie, but uh, the idea of, of, although I kind of liked butterfly effect when I was younger, not a good movie, but like it was always, I don't know. Anyways. Um, and then you get, I don't know what else we're missing from spoiler territory. I guess we can just move on to the, the well, I, I want to add something to the, yeah, the Nick please, Cage yeah. of it all, because you mentioned also butterfly effect and, and Eric Stoltz is in butterfly effect. And oh, Eric right, Stoltz was oh, where this yeah. is also doing that same thing, but with, but it's even worse because it's not DC related, but the idea of it trying to be clever with paying homage to back to the future and back to the future too. But with that first movie, a lot of fans of, that franchise will know that they shot the majority of the film with Eric Stoltz and Robert Zemeckis felt that it wasn't working. And so 
you know, they fired him, not because he did anything wrong, just because it just wasn't working. And then they reshot the entire movie with Michael J. Fox and hence history was, was made. And so with this universe that, you know, Barry has entered, you find out that Back to the Future, which is made a reference to, also exists. But in this one, it was with Eric Stoltz. And again, like that's one of those things where if like, even if you are a fan of Back to the Future of the movies, that, that you might not, not know hit, it. Dude. That in my theater packed, just jam packed opening night. I paid audience some of those references over everyone's head, dude. Like yeah. no one, no one got it. <laughs> like I yeah. laughed at first because I went like, uh, like, uh, and then I'm like, oh no, no one, no one understands this right now. Like no one gets what this is referencing. Yeah, and it's to the point where they don't they don't just say like it as a one off thing. They like go back to it as a sight gag with one of the guys having a tattoo on his leg of Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly, and you're just like, wow, you are really just trying to hammer this home and like. And there's seeing, other references. Like, to you're like so Kevin Bacon insightful and, and clever, and yeah, and like Tom who, Cruise, Tom Cruise, and, and like yeah, Kevin Bacon being in Top Gun, and th- it's it, it just. It's like okay, we get it. We get it, movie. You're 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 playing with like the details of time travel and how like one little ripple effect can change the entire sort of schematic system of everything. And 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 so when you're watching this, you're just thinking to yourself, okay, how much time did Hodgson spend on just like, okay, how clever can I be here instead of like just writing a good movie, you're writing something where it's like, oh, I have to kind of you know, play with this or, or flip the script in a way. And it never feels earned and it never feels fun. It's not clever or insightful, or it doesn't feel as though you're getting any kind of encyclopedic knowledge of the filmmakers, you know, making a movie like this and knowing they're saying that like, we know how to treat this material properly and with the respect it deserves and it's like well no you're not you're you're just basically pandering to a, a certain group of people that are will probably like it i mean I, again you know everybody likes what they like but it just kind of feels disingenuous to the rest of the audience instead of making a good movie you're making a very niche film that you know is supposed to kind of be almost as broad as possible when it comes to blockbuster filmmaking. Um, Ezra Miller's performances, uh, they're, they're fine in the film. I think overall, I, the only thing I will say about their public persona, maybe coming in a little bit is with the young uh, Barry kind of being the way that, that, that Barry is betrayed. It's almost as though Barry is kind of, affable and goofy in that Keanu Reeves kind of way yeah. where he, where he as in Barry is almost more maniacal. And maybe it's because Ezra Miller was, you know, best known for, you know, Lynn Ramsey's, we need to talk about Kevin, but it kind of comes off as like he, that character, he, the Barry character uh, is we got it, almost yeah. as, yeah, no, no, I just want to make sure. I know a, you want to be clear. Is, I, I, yeah. It Pronouns is, are important. Yeah. So, but, but Barry is, when we're is, referring is to Barry yes. is a, he, Yes. Ezra Miller, they, them. Yeah. Yes. So Barry comes off almost as like a, a serial killer or somebody that's, but going then to I think that's you. intentional, obviously with how that character ends up. Right. So like, I think, true, but, but yeah. it does feel again, like there's just this side of it that doesn't work where they're trying to make you like that character mm-hmm. so that when he does become evil like heartbreaking or, yeah or, and the way it's it's almost very similar to hayden christensen becoming darth vader where by the time anakin turns you're you're supposed to be like oh no that's such a tragedy but in reality you're just kind of like 
uh, he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was horrible to begin with. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree there either. Um, other things to point out, I'm, I'm Kara dies. Yeah, I'm yeah, Kara and, My- and Michael. Uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton. Like, like those moments were unintentionally funny too. Where like the car isn't as funny as the Michael Keaton stuff, but like Michael Keaton just like dive bombing the bat plane into. I'm gonna like, take as many out with me as I can, and then he just smacks into the the shield and does nothing. Is like unintentionally funny. Um, did the paycheck clear okay i'm out yeah yeah and then like the other they keep showing him dying over and over and over again and on oh, that line um, about like i was trying to save you you did because <laughs> he was a hermit man he he you know he was batman once again so he did oh save man him. this is killing me man uh, i love michael keaton so much and it hurts it really um, does I agree with you. That whole last sequence, like I mentioned, I like some of the Sasha Cali stuff with Michael Shannon, but it's not, it again, doesn't feel earned like her impassioned. Like, what did you do? Like, I thought that was all delivered really well. And like the fight sequences felt emotional and, 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 and I, I sort of bought into it, but I didn't, again, it relies on your knowledge of her and Clark, or her and Kal-El being cousins and that, you know, even when Michael Shannon reveals that he, the, the, the child did not survive or whatever, like, or uh, like that kind of stuff. I don't know. It just never, never feels earned. And I think that's the biggest thing in this whole movie. Like every, every single thing should have this impact or like this shock factor or wow factor. And I just, ended up rolling my eyes at most of it. And that is not a good thing. Um, Even when Barry sees his mom again, right? Like that's like another aspect of where like that, that final scene of him having to make the decision to put the can back, (laughs) can of tomato sauce back. And this is why I think someone like Maribel Verdu is such a good, good is such a good actor. Yeah. Even though again, it's not, emotionally strong in any way but she's doing her best to make the material sound less than arch and so that moment is really all on her giving more than what is necessary or required for that scene and so you know even when you have people at the beginning of this introduced you think like oh how much how much weight is am I, or how much am I supposed to know about Iris West, you know, at the beginning of this or, or how much am I supposed to, she was caught out of justice league, but then showed up in Zack Snyder's justice league. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then like even the recasting of, um, uh, Billy Crudup with Ron Livingston part, like, you know, because you, you, you heard about it in the, in, in the production because it was just a scheduling thing. But then also when you're watching it though, you kind of maybe are thinking like, Oh, is this, Yep. also a part of the multiverse because, yeah because you've you've set up this this universe of being like well someone could be changed and you know a different actors playing the same role or something so that becomes a little tricky i mean marvel has the same issue and they've recasted a couple people too but that was a decade ago in a movie that wasn't about the multiverse right so yeah. um when you have a movie about the multiverse and now the but i bet you most people don't even notice that it's a different actor right no. like again like i don't think people Again, we're in this bubble that do understand the Nick Cage reference, but and and understand the you know the Back to the Future references, but then that's obviously that something Andy um, Muschietti um, 
thinks that people or doesn't care maybe he, he's writing it for film dorks and, and dc dorks well he didn't write it like though that. that's the thing so i mean so. not writing it sorry but, but like you know but yeah making the move I, i'm sure he had a lot of, of input it. on it though as, as yeah, yeah. well the, so. it was written by hodson and and yeah i understand that she was probably a huge part of it but usually working with a director to what to include and what to not include and stuff like that so i guess that's what i mean but um yeah and i don't know like what you know do we miss any other universes you see the reeves universe the west universe the cage fake universe and that's it there's an early flash universe as well where there was like a serial series when he's like they show that tv flash right yeah we didn't see any cw network shows or anything like that as as it was meant to be (laughs) keep them separated but i do believe ezra miller Miller appeared. appeared on the CW yeah. version at one point. So it's out there. It's one of those bubbles that was colliding, but yeah. we're like, we don't look at the CW. <laughs> Bubble <here>. boy. <laughs> um, um, I guess now we could talk about the Clooney of it all. Yeah. So the movie ends on another twist where Barry, you know, resets uh, his universe by putting the Garmin Bosia back on the top <laughs> shelf. Um, and then his dad looks up because he's got to grab the top shelf and he clears his dad's name. Uh, Barry thinks that that won't cause a butterfly effect, but obviously did not learn anything from the rest of the movie. Idiot. Like, like he's after all of this, where a future version of him has like fucking hook arms and like comes out and he's like mutilated and looks and like doomsday a little bit, a little bit. And he, um, and he's, he, he doesn't learn anything. And he's like, I'm, you know what? Let me just try something else. That can't hurt. Right. And then, uh, who knows what other stuff he fucked up because he goes back. He, his dad is, is, uh, found innocent in this retrial that they were doing through the <laughs> lamest, like through new Wayne tech. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, all right, cool. Um, they Clean find that footage. His dad looked up because the, the, the tomato sauce was on the top shelf. So then Barry leaves the courthouse. Bruce Wayne pulls up in the same car that Ben Affleck. We didn't even talk about Ben Affleck or Gal Gadot or. Oh God. Ga- yeah. Gal Batman Gadot. Costume. Okay. Gal Awful. Gadot now feels like she's just jumping from one movie to another because she's not going to do wonder woman three. So she was in Shazam fury of the gods yeah, in like five seconds that, and yeah. brings back spoiler alert, brings back uh Shazam at the end of that movie resurrects him. And then, um, you know, pops in here momentarily. He's like, Hey, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Yeah. And oh, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman costume, just awful in this movie. Um, looks awful. Anyways, to the end of the movie, you think it's Ben Affleck going to pull up and then it's fucking George Clooney, which if, if there's a metaphor for this movie is like, Hey, we fucked everything up so badly that the dude from the worst Batman movie is here now. Like it's just, I love George Clooney. I love him. Um, I, you know, it's not necessarily his fault, um, that Batman and Robin is so bad. Um, well, I mean, he is a terrible, uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, I, I no, no, no. He's a good Bruce Wayne. Cause at that time he kind of fit the yes, bill of being like yeah. that playboy type. Yeah. Terrible Batman, terrible Batman. And I don't disagree with you. Um, but I think like it's just a, such a funny punchline for this movie that you're like, no, it's George Clooney now. You fucked everything up so bad that it's George Clooney now. He's and offering like, uh, the Flash an espresso. Yeah, and he's acting like he's been the Batman in Barry's universe the entire time, right? So 
now they have to remake all the Zack Snyder movies with George Clooney in them, <laughs> and that's what we're gonna get. Um, so wearing that suit. Did they have the post credit scene for your screening? Because I know a lot of the pre screenings didn't have it. Well, the 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 pre screening that I was at was uh, Barry and uh, Arthur uh, Aquaman. Yeah, they had that, you know, yeah, so. hanging out, getting drunk, and uh, oh, and in the Keaton verse, we learned that uh, Arthur. Uh, Aquaman was never born, but um, yeah. his dad has Boba a dog named uh, Arthur. Yeah, and Boba Fett's there, and and Tamora Morrison's fake teeth. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, I never had a son. <laughs> uh, you mean Django? Yeah. So Boba? then we get this scene with Arthur and Barry. Uh, Arthur just getting shit faced. Um, him falling in the puddle and going, "This is where I live." Is fu- kind of funny, but like a kind of a nothing post credit scene. Like I know they didn't have this scene for a lot of the pre-screenings, but um, I, why you know, I, I guess the one piece that you get is maybe Barry has also been jumping through time more again because he goes every universe I go to the Batman was different or something like, and I don't know if he's just referencing Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and now George Clooney, or if he's gone to more things and and seeing that the batman is different in every universe so i don't even know if the one we're seeing at the end with arthur is still Clooney or whatever did they reset it again like it's kind of confusing but it's kind of a nothing scene it's almost just like jason momoa is still here and aquaman's coming out so it's just like oh okay like this is kind of a nothing sequence i thought you were gonna like add something yeah, I would get it if Clo- the scene with Clooney wasn't included, just because it it kind of feels like the most spoilerish. And this and is I kind never of, had it spoiled, so I mean, I didn't either. I didn't but, either. I, I but this is what I do want to get into a little bit in terms of like looking at the future of the DCU. Well, that's now. the movie we can get into that. Yeah, yeah. So, do you honestly think that George Clooney is going to be the Batman for Batman: Brave and the Bold? I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, because like, I, I don't see who else it would be. Cause I don't think, I do think they're going to go the route. They're the rumors. And again, we're in that nerdy bubble that sees the online photos of Nick Cage in costume. Right. So you, we read the rumors that, uh, Andy, uh, Muschietti is coming back to do Batman brave and the bold and that there are rumors that they want it to be a former Batman uh, that we already know that it, you know, finds out he has this kid in, in Damian Wayne and there's that relationship. Father son relationship is the crux of that movie. If you want it to be a former Batman, I don't think you're going to have Ben Affleck. Like you're not doing Keaton. There was the rumor that Keaton was going to be the, you know, the Nick Fury moving forward uh, for the DCEU, but that doesn't look like it's happening now, especially with how this movie ends. And I bet you the original cut of the movie had Keaton coming back instead of Clooney at the end there. Like, that's what I assume, right? When they were still right. going to continue with Keaton being the kind of thing that's tying everything together. Um, I really think that that was probably a reshoot where someone said, okay, let's bring Clooney in and maybe there's already a deal. Like we'll find out, I think next week, I think like after the movie's release, cause you're already seeing with the transformers spoilers for the end of rise of the beasts, if anyone cares, <laughs> but it, who cares the GI Joe stuff. Um, there was an article on entertainment 
or no entertainment weekly i think where they as uh, stephen capel jr came out and talked about how he planned this for a while and he wants to do this gi joe crossover with transformers um and that he's already writing the script for that movie so like i wouldn't be surprised if this movie does well this weekend um we get that official announcement that andy muschetti's coming back and doing brave and the bold and that Clooney is that Batman because or else I don't know why you end like if if Ezra Miller's flash is going to continue on in the DCU moving forward and if this or DCU does, now because it's just that's what I said yeah. yeah um then I I see that this movie being that reset point right and what else has changed it looks like but then there's the rumors that Momoa it was going to play a different character and not Aquaman. So like it, it gets confusing, right? So I'll let you go, but my I, I don't see because you're not getting Christian Bale back. Like obviously Val Kilmer is not, but like um I don't know who else you're not gonna have the Robert Pattinson one in that movie. They've already said that that is a separate universe, and there's another universe they didn't show because like Matt Reeves is probably like Nah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Don't it's involve okay. me in this. It's okay. Let's just keep it separate. <laughs> it's just uh, gotta keep them maybe, separated. Uh, maybe not. Maybe no. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know. Like I know you said his age, but I mean, look at Al Pacino and Robert De Niro lately. Like, well, I mean, pop, Clooney also has out. twins, right? Like he has yeah. young kids. But yeah, but, but that is the center of the story, right? Because Brave and the Bold is about him raising. Is it? Is it Damien? Yeah, Damien and and Bruce's relationship. Yeah, yeah. and then then him is bat. It's a Batman and Robin movie again. So there's, you know, it's, oh God, there's no! some, there's, no! there's some there's some tie-ins. So uh, I don't see unless you go with another new Batman. But to me, I think they might want to go the route of redeeming, like because Clooney is a likable guy, and I, I, I and and I think. If you but, get a good young actor with him, maybe you can. And if people like this movie, which seems some people do, um, maybe you can you do something with that. I don't know. But does Clooney want to do it, though? Because I could see like Clooney doing this as just like a bit part kind of because he's always made fun but then of why Batman do it, and Rob. Well, he's always made fun of Batman and Robin. He's always had a cheeky yeah. sense of humor. About but then maybe he wants it. to redeem that. I know. It just seems almost, though, that like he's kind of moved past like getting locked into a franchise now and wanting to make his dull directorial efforts, you know, like, I don't know if of- it has to even be a franchise. You could even go the route of doing one Batman brave in the bold movie. And I know maybe you wouldn't do a time jump uh, or maybe you would, cause you could have Damien as Batman, like in, in the DCU, you don't have to, you've done so many Bruce like there's also the Dick Grayson Batman with with Damien, which is also was actually a pretty fun part of of some of the comics. But um, I, I don't know. You think they cast someone new? Then is that what you think, or what? Well, a little younger because if they want to, if because Clooney's such a big movie star as well, right? Where like again, like he has other things that he's doing, you know, selling Nespresso and directing films and <laughs> things like that, that it kind of feels like, oh, well, you're not only going to be doing this one thing, you're also going to be our Batman a shared universe in yeah. a shared universe with the DCU moving forward. So it almost feels like, yeah, like 
Affleck or Bale would have made the most sense and neither one I don't think wants to do that moving forward even with Gunn now kind of uh, but is Batman oh, going to be a big part of James Gunn? Well, that's that's the other thing as well, right? right? Maybe because... it's just that movie and Damien is going to be the thing that is going to be the crossover part, right? Like, or maybe right. Clooney is going to do what mostly what they were going to do with Keaton and be the older Batman who had his time already because we, we already have the Matt Reeves Batman movies for yeah. a younger Batman thing. So why not do something different? Maybe you eventually get uh, the Batman Beyond movie we were maybe going to get with with Michael Keaton, but you get it with Clooney instead. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I just don't. I can't fathom them casting another new Batman. You know, like yeah. I just don't see it. And if you're gonna do this like older Batman who finds out he has a young son kind of thing, like I don't. I think you probably go with Clooney. He's the only one that kind of at this point makes sense. Like unless you go back to Keaton, but I don't think you're going to do that. It would be great if it was De Niro or Pacino as Batman. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> Very hey, funny. They're still popping out kids at 104, whatever they are. So like late seventies, early eighties. I know, but like there's like Al Pacino impregnated his 29 year old girlfriend. You're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the funniest thing, I could just see, see it now, though, like there there being a scene in, in Batman, the Brave and the Bold, it's like, son, let me let me tell you the story when Dick and I fought over Poison Ivy and I fought a frozen dude from Austria. Yeah. Does Chris O'Donnell come? Is it Chris O'Donnell? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Chris O'Donnell was the one. See, see, that's also really interesting as well, because it's like, okay, is is the Batman universe that Val Kilmer was in the same as the Clooney one, because they were both directed by Joel Schumacher or yeah. are they separate? Uh, because which were technically originally conceived as just like James Bond, where they were like the same Batman as Keaton's Batman. Right. Yeah. And they were, they were chapters because yeah. you, you also had, you know, um, other actors kind of appearing in the yeah. mall, like Michael Goth, specifically in you know um commissioner gordon and so like you had you know these people um pat hingle like you had yeah these other the character James Bond actors. approach yeah more than, like, like judy dench right yeah so i i don't know you i mean i don't think it would be the same universe but you could bring back actors and have chris o'donnell be more um maybe nightwing or a more adult like he does take over the batman mantle at one point but like I don't think you're going to do that. Maybe he'd be amazing if he came back to do another like laundry scene. Do you remember that sequence where he's like doing yeah. the laundry? And oh his, yeah, and- yeah. With his like his sticks, <laughs> whatever. Like, um, I, I don't know. Like, I think we're at that point now where you could reference Batman and Robin and try to do something serious. And people think that that that's cool, right? Like a redemption kind of thing of that movie is so bad. Like, entertainingly bad in my opinion like i i love i think it's better batman than movie. i actually think it's better than batman forever which batman forever is just kind of boring yeah where like, batman and robin is bad because it's, but an, it's kind a, of a live fun. action cartoon it's yeah but like, it's kind it's, of fun to laugh at it oh absolutely and i i agree where forever i love i like jim carrey in that movie a lot but i agree with you at the movie as a whole um Batman and Robin is so absurd that it's fun to laugh at. So I think if you ripped those characters out of that and set it many years later and tried to do something more quote unquote serious, um, could be interesting. I don't know. Like, uh, and again, I've talked a lot of shit about this movie and said, I'm done with the DC EU. 
Um, and that would be a continuation. Like that's what I'm so confused about moving forward with James Gunn is just like, it seems like they want to have their cake and eat it too, where they're just kind of like, we are, it's a, it, we're resetting. It's going to be completely new, but then you're like, oh, well, okay. You have your suit, your, the suicide squad people coming over and peacemaker people coming over. And then you're like, well, we might continue with Gal Gadot and, and Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa. And we're just replacing Superman and Batman, but we might bring back an old Batman from a non thing. So it, it like, and I get that this movie may be, the consequences of it is going to be like it scrambled everything, right? So that's that's how you not scrambled eggs, just scrambled spaghetti. Um, <laughs> that that's why characters from different DC universes get dropped into this one, right? And then it is that kind of that's what the new DCU is. Is like there's going to be a bunch of new people. There's going to be some people you liked from the Snyderverse. And then there's going to be some people from the history of DC. And I guess that's, I don't know. I, I, I like James Gunn a lot and I, I hope he has it in him to somehow make all of this work. Um, but it, I, I don't see it right now. And like, even that announcement of those first films that are coming out from the DCU, the God chapter one, gods and monsters or whatever it is. Um, I well, it should be called Gods and Monstars with all the Space Jam references we've been making. Yeah, so I don't know. I just can't see you casting another new Batman. I just don't see it. It's still going to be confusing. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. It seems very convoluted right now in terms of that cherry picking quality of like, okay, well, what what is canon still? What isn't canon? Who's crossing over? And then, yeah, if you get Momoa playing somebody else, that's also going to be very weird because you still have two um, DCEU movies left this year with Blue Beetle and the Aquaman sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, and also, like, even, you know, hearing James Wan recently saying, like, yeah, it's really confusing to keep up with all of this stuff and, like, what they're telling me in the reshoots for that movie. And I think Ben Affleck's supposed to be in that film as well. So, um, in which one? In uh, Aquaman. Uh, He's, oh yeah, because they replace Keaton scenes with yeah. Ben Affleck, right? So is that going to take bef- take place? Wait, before yeah, or are they the going to reshoot them for a third time with Clooney? <laughs> like, is it like because on a, if you go on a, again, IMDb is not a perfect you know source; it's not always accurate. But it right now, Affleck is attached to Aquaman: uh, The Lost Kingdom, so maybe they'll say like, "Oh, this takes place like a week before, before the events of the Flash" yeah. or something like that. See, it's so confusing. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. All right, everyone. Um, thank you all for listening or watching. It was fun. Uh, more fun to talk about than to watch, I think. Um, which, again, I will take one of these, I guess, that is like that's memorable or um or fun to talk about over than you know something like i guess transformers or bumblebee or something or not bumblebee transformers rise of the beasts or things like that that are just kind of middle of the road forgettable but um only because they're more fun to talk about (laughs) like that's it like it was still kind of a miserable experience to sit through but sometimes you go well at least i'll have a fun conversation with eric about it where like even that just to finish everything off like when you talked about the Zack Snyder stuff earlier, um, 
I don't know how I feel because I, I disliked this movie more than Batman v Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League, but it goes back to a similar opinion I had about Transformers Rise of the Beasts where like the singular vision, even though I don't like the singular vision, I almost appreciate more than just the cheap kind of thrown references in, in this movie. And like the, like, you know, whatever you want to say, like Zack Snyder's movies were Zack Snyder's. And like, to me, they were memorable because of that much like Michael Bay's Transformers movies where I don't like them. I want that to be clear. I do not like justice league. I do not like, uh, man, man of steel. I don't like Batman V Superman, but I almost prefer them over something like this, even though I think this is more fun to talk about. Um, just because I, I, I always appreciate someone just, even if I don't like it, that I don't like all the bullshit online. We've talked about that stuff, remove all that crap, but just as the movies, I don't know. Like I, I, when the Aqua people are singing as as they want as in Zack Snyder's Justice League, as um, uh, Arthur's walking into the water, hilarious. And like it's that kind of batshit, no pun intended, like um, stuff in his movies that is so self serious and so th- like I'm the the second coming of Kal El that I just like <laughs> is is like I. I almost am just like, you know, good for you, bro. I I hate these, but I mean, at least I feel like with this, I just feel like it's this hodgepodge, like nothing, even though it's absurd and I don't like it, but it's just, um, I don't know, more offensive to me. I have no idea what I'm talking about. See, I don't necessarily disagree with you where like, I think it is more interesting to talk about this and even the Zack Snyder movies and the Zack Snyder films are more singular in their vision. And you feel like you're getting like a inside peek into this man's brain. Yeah. But I, I think I just didn't care at all about Batman versus Superman or man of steel or justice league, where there is that attachment for me right. personally with the 89 Batman and Batman returns that there's something where Maybe because I find it more offensive, but like I, I, I have a, a slight interest in it where I can remove myself from the Snyder films because they're just they they suck and I'm almost apathetic towards them. But they may they do kind of have this numbing quality in general where yeah. this isn't numbing. This is more infuriating, yeah. um, and that is a feeling more so than the Zack Snyder movies, that's and fair. that's something I can kind of I guess use yeah some way <laughs> either know. way we're in a nightmare <laughs> so yeah. it's just like i'm ready to escape this nightmare will i see blue beetle will i see aquaman probably I, let's be I, real i know i say this now but like shazam i really had did not care about but like you know i did see the first aquaman movie and i guess i saw the first shazam movie and i like jason momoa enough i guess i'll say that and i like sorry i keep is it zolo uh something from cobra kai i always get his name I forget his name, but from Cobra Kai, I, I like, um, I like him. So like, I guess I like the actors in those movies more than I like Zachary Levi. So like, I probably, I don't know. I'm just so exhausted right now from it that I'm like, I, I can't, I can't. But After we'll you watch Aquaman, the lost kingdom, you'd be like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Like, don't worry, Matt. It's over now. <laughs> but is it, 
but is no, it? it's not. It, it's going to be a hybrid thing, like you said. Like it's going to it's, and it's also going to be more confusing moving forward. I think like it is going to be like okay, so this isn't a reboot, but it is. It's a soft reboot. Um, you know, they remember certain things, but you know, they remember Clooney's Batman now, not Ben Affleck's Batman. If it is, <laughs> like, if it is that, because who knows if Ben Affleck maybe because of the Aquaman, like who knows? Who knows, Matt? It's just it's a bunch of spaghetti with red sauce poured all over it if you want to see more of my work uh <laughs> around the internet family feud canada untitled movie podcast.com uh you can follow all my uh rantings over on twitter at matt Rohrbeck, and please go drop us a like a follow um a uh a review on podcast services, a thumbs up on YouTube. We appreciate all that kind of stuff. Um, and then head over to our letterbox where you can find everything, which is untitled underscore movies. And I'm Eric March and you can find more of my video reviews on Rogers TV.com slash cinema scene. <sighs> and uh, on Twitter at EM six, two, one, one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I just gave up <laughs> until next time. I'm tired. I'm really tired. I'm making weird running faces and movements. Gotta go fast. <laughs>